listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. And I'm overflowing Jen Justice. <laughs> and today, joining us in studio from Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance is Robert Rainey. Roberts, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello. Thank you. Excellent. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, but uh, uh, about homeowners insurance, which is where we want to focus. But I want to jump in right away and kind of dispel a little myth because I think a lot of people would have it. I think I know I had this when I was when I first met you, uh, which is Missouri Farm Bureau insurance is not just for farms. Correct. So you cover. We cover auto insurance, homeowners, life insurance, business insurance. Anything you need, I'm going to be able to find a market for you to get it taken care of. And most importantly, property insurance and uh, investor type of property insurance, which is a couple of the things you helped me out with. Correct. Absolutely. Um, How did the name come about? So it's just real quick. Give us like, why is it called Farm Bureau Insurance? You know, many, many years ago, the co-op started um, Farm Bureau um, just as a way for um, farmers to get together and to be able to get their products out. And then about 75 years ago, started up the insurance side of our business. And it's just a portion of our business that um, actually last week we celebrated the very first policy being written on the insurance side um, 75 years ago. 75 years. I, and I love the way your website describes it. Right, uh, we treat you with the same dignity and respect you'd expect from the farmers that started this company. That's really cool. So uh, let's jump right in. Let's focus in on homeowners insurance because, of course, we're a real estate podcast and we tend to lean towards um, uh, residential real estate. We'll talk maybe briefly about some of the other stuff if we've got time. But I would just want to start at the very basics because maybe a first-time home buyer uh, doesn't really understand homeowners insurance, like. What it? What is it? Why do we have to have it? What does it cover? Uh, who requires it? Clue us in a little bit on the basics. Well, much like you know your auto insurance, the state requires you to carry certain liability limits and stuff like that. Well, your mortgage company is going to require you to have coverage um, for the house just to make sure that they're covered um, in the event of a loss. Excellent. And so. What's it going to cover on a, let's just, you know, a typical house? Um, because there's more than just the building that exists um, when I go to insure it. And so some things like the ground itself really aren't insured because it's hard to destroy that. So what, I mean, am I, is my, is my house covered and all of its contents to be rebuilt or are there variations to this? There are many different policies, different levels of policies that you can have. Um, And and you can change from actual cash value, um, which is what you would purchase the home for, compared to how much it would actually cost to be rebuilt. Um, So it kind of depends on what level you're buying at, um, what your mortgage company is going to require. If you're paying cash, um, as some of my clients have done, um, they may or may not want to cut 
choose to have coverage, but it's always best to have some form of coverage for that home. By the way, he's got a long list here of things I'm sure that this encompasses, and uh, we don't have time for all that today, but you always look at, is it your declarations page? That doesn't go into the details, but that's one of the things that when you're getting homeowner's insurance, that's attached to your email or whatever it is. But I'm telling you, there's pages here of small print that I'm I, looking I see, at I see, across I see, the way. Rick, you brought like the booklet. I uh, brought the actual <laughs> insurance policy um, that you get mailed out to you from your company. Um, and the main thing that I just opened up to was in this particular one, it shows the 10 primary things that are covered and then so on and so forth. So for instance, you know, things that are going to be covered, they're called perils. Um, so fire and lightning, windstorm hail, explosion, civil commotion or riot, aircraft, oh. vehicles, smoke, um, vandalism, uh, mischief, theft, breakage of glass. Then on the next level of protection would be falling objects, weight of ice, sleet, or snow, um, accidental discharge. Um, Is that like firearm? Say that again? Accidental discharge. Is that like <laughs> firearm? Well, or? let me go. Do you want me to actually read that? It's actually have a water or steam from within a plumbing, heating, air conditioning Oh, system. okay, not firearm discharge. It's not firearm discharge. My husband's discharge. a cop. Anybody that listens to this, I knew exactly not, where that so was coming from, that's Jen. That's right where it went to. <laughs> um, so bursting of pipes, freezing, plumbing, heating, condi air conditioning, um, collapse. So those are the basic ideas of what you would have. But on the back of this are all the exclusions that every policy will have. Mm. So, um, and it was interesting because Jen and I both raised our eyebrows when you said uh, civil unrest, right? Because that's something that uh, in our society, uh, I certainly wouldn't have thought about in terms of protecting my home. But now I'm like, well, you know, some, some things have gotten rough. So uh, exclusions, though, are a great thing to mention. Uh, are there a couple of... I know it'll go policy to policy and et cetera, but are there a couple of things that are t almost always excluded? You know, one thing that really is kind of a pain that it is excluded is animals. You know, wow. a raccoon getting into your attic, stuff like that is not going to be covered wow. most of the time. Oh, that's interesting. And that falls under kind of like pests or rodents or something like that. Correct. And, and that is a nightmare in multiple facets, but that's a great thing to point out is that because they can eat the side of your house and get in your vents and tear up your attic. And hopefully it does not get that far, but it could be thousands of dollars in damage. And I've seen that happen. Now, you can get these items covered, right? You can add maybe not maybe not animals, but some of these specialty things you can get covered. There by. are certain things, but it just kind of depends on the situation. Every situation's different. Okay. So, what about the the contents of my home? So, like I think when people think insurance, they tend to probably be single-minded and think in terms of a fire where there's essentially a total or a loss. roof. That's what my mind goes to is roof. Roof you collapse said hail. during a storm. No, no, you said hail. Hail's uh, a big one. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, we're in Missouri. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Big deal. Everybody waits for a hailstorm to get a new roof. I mean, that's just kind of. So each policy handles that a little bit different. Um, most of the ones, especially for the new home buyers, they're buying a home. 
and the mortgage company is going to require certain levels of protection. Um, so most of them are going to go with what's called a Series 3 um, or Series 5 coverage, which will give you, say the house is $100,000. It's going to do 75% for your personal contents um, there in the home. Um, so that'll go up to the $75,000 worth of coverage for your personal contents. And let me ask you, because you said Series 3 and Series 5, if I'm not mistaken. Is that universal in between insurance companies, or is that exclusive to Farm Bureau? It's more universal. Okay. Um, so a Series 3 is going to be a 100% replacement cost policy gotcha. versus a Series 5, which is um, a guaranteed replacement to a point. Um, some companies are 120%, some companies are 125%. That's typically as far as they go. Great. Well, and I, there's just so many questions flo floating through my head, and, and one that you've mentioned now a couple of times, which is sort of the difference between the value and the replacement cost. Um, and, and I think maybe that's a, um, uh, uh, maybe people can understand it better in, in autos because I think autos are, are insured similarly. similarly. There's a tough word. Um, but uh, there's a difference between what the value of my house is and how much it's going to cost to replace it. Especially today. Right, with the soaring costs in, in lumber and a variety of construction materials. So that's something that you want to be paying attention to when you get insurance. Correct. So, um, and, and this question obviously is for anyone, but uh, most people have mortgages on their home and therefore they are being required by their lender to have a certain amount of insurance. How does that typically get paid for if you have a mortgage? And what I'm really looking at is, is the nuts and bolts. Do I have to write a check to you or how does that work? Typically at closing, which is probably more Jen's side, um, typically at closing, whatever your closing costs will include the first year's worth of insurance and then the title company then sends me payment is kind of how it works most of the time. Right. Sometimes um, if the insurance and taxes are not escrowed, then yes, you can write a check directly to me. And I'm going to reference people back to some of our earlier podcasts where we talk about escrows, because that's kind of where you're getting into is that we're escrowing that insurance for the first year. And there are requirements in regards to what the mortgage company wants to see in escrow. So um, typically then title, you know, it's going to be taken out at close or commonly. Uh, and then when we talk about the escrow, that's part of, becomes part of your house payment, right? It becomes something that the mortgage company then deals with collecting as part of an additional escrow amount on the house payment, which typically covers your homeowner insurance and your real estate taxes. And then they, right, they deal with those at the end of the year. So they'll send, you know. Or whenever the policies do, because I think insurance comes out at various times of the year, if I'm not mistaken. So if you were to buy a house today, and you close today, the policy starts today on that house. So it renews at that time frame. However, if you choose to change your insurance four years from now in August, well, my policy is going to take make it, that change effective in August, and then that bill will just come out every August. Gotcha. Most of the time, people try to do it about the time that they 
renew, and so on. Sure, that makes sense. Um, we're kind of we're talking about homeowners insurance, but um, there's also renters insurance, and so there mm-hmm. are a lot of people listening to us right now that uh, are maybe thinking about buying a home or trying to figure out how, how to buy a home, but they're in a rental situation at the moment. So. Tell me about renter's insurance and um, what that covers and how that works. Renter's insurance is very similar to homeowners. Um, Cheaper. Less expensive most of the time. Most of the time. Okay. Um, However, the main reason people purchase it is because their landlords tell them that they are required to get coverage. Yep. And the landlords don't care about their stuff. What they care about is liability. So if the tenant... I care about their stuff. I'm going to stop you right now because I don't want them to have a situation where they call me and go, I had or a tornado came through and I lost 20 or 30 grand. So I do care about their stuff. Okay. But I digress. Sorry. That's fine. Okay. So typically what they're really truly wanting is an additional layer of liability coverage so that if the tenant or their children, people that they're responsible for, were to be held liable, that the renter's insurance liability portion would take care of that. Okay? Um, But, so it takes care of that. It takes care of their personal contents, just like a homeowner's policy. so those are some of the main things. Um, you know, there's supplemental coverages that they can get for um, TV antennas, um, fire department surcharges. If you live out in an area that that you have to pay the extra to have a fire department show up to, um, just different things like that um, on there. And the positive thing about Farm Bureau's policy is if you've got a renter policy and you're buying a house. I can actually convert that into a homeowner's policy and make it pretty simple. Gotcha. Because they they both, right, so really from that sort of very consumer perspective, why am I buying insurance? What's it doing for me? And then what's it going to cover? These are, you know, the key questions. They both essentially do the same kind of thing, certainly in terms of content and some liability. One is liability you as the homeowner and the other is liability for you as as a rentor. But um, the... You mentioned there's some riders or some, we can call them add-ons or some specialty insurances. And I think that's important to talk about because, uh, and I know for a time, uh, I've got a background in technology and I'm a kind of a computer geek and uh, I've got a lot of uh, computer equipment in the house. I should probably not say that too terribly loud. It's not that expensive anymore. It used to be horribly expensive. Um, But, I mean, even if it's only, uh, and I'm throwing out numbers, so correct me if I'm wrong, Hey, I've got a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars worth of computer equipment. Is that going to be covered by my policy unless I have an additional writer to my policy? Right. Or uh, grandma's fine china, or I have this very expensive print that's been in the family for a long time hanging on my wall, or any of these things that might be significant sort of individual items um, jewelry, fine art, um, guns. Um, That's a good one, right? Guns are not cheap. I wasn't going to say it. They're not cheap, but a lot of people want to do that. We have collectibles like autographed footballs. Um, I have one guy that has a $50,000 
collection of Hot Wheels cars. Oh, oh my. Very cool. So, you know, some, some really cool stuff that we get to insure. I have a couple of clients with very, very, very expensive jewelry. Sure. You so know? so that is... <clears throat> That goes above and beyond your traditional homeowner insurance, insurance right? Correct. So there is a, a, a separate policy or a writer or an addition or to the existing policy. I will policy. find ways to get right. them covered, a variety whether of it's ways. a writer or a different policy. So so that's something to be aware of because uh, there are there used to be, tell me if there are still are, limits in per category. So like for technology, there's like a limits for computers. So even On the standard policy, yes, there's limits for each of those categories. Um, but then you can always schedule additional coverages in those categories. So if you're insuring your home and you're like me and you've got, you know, more than, you know, two computers in your home and you're worried about that. In and that's of, a real thing now in today's society, oh gosh, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, hey, maybe people should call you, Robert, because <laughs> they have three screens and their Yeti microphone and their webcam and who knows how much all this costs, right? Exactly. So making sure that that's covered um, is probably important because... Nobody wants you to suffer a catastrophic loss, but if you do, the last thing you want to be doing is, is squabbling with your insurance company who's all, you know, you're like, hey, I've got, you know, it's a $200,000 house and I'm at 75%. That means you should just generally write me a check for $150,000. And they're like, yeah, we're, but we're not, we're only going to cover X number of dollars of your of your. Computer. But if you read your policy, you'll see <laughs> on line 137 that we only cover $200,000 of that. Well, and so that gets us Making somewhere. Making that up, by the way. That gets, It's probably accurate. But that gets us somewhere because policies are incredibly hard to read. They're probably harder to read or as hard to read as some of the real estate contracts we do, which is why it's, you know, we always say that if you're not going to use us as a realtor, be sure that you have a really competent realtor who can explain things to you in plain language, but then is very, very knowledgeable. And so that's probably equally, if not, or equally as important uh, when it comes to picking your insurance. I was just thinking that, Eric. So one of the things we're a huge proponent of is education and interviewing um, your realtor, if you're not even going to use us, we want you to have a great experience regardless. And so that's a good policy with insurance agents too, is, hey, call and ask a few questions. Stop by your office. You guys are open. Whatever that looks like. This is somebody that you may have to deal with when times get tough. And so you want to make sure on the front end, yeah, it's all unicorns and rainbows, right? Hey, so I just wrote a check. But when push comes to shove... We, if we're talking, have a problem. <laughs> so, so Robert, here's the question for you then, mm -hmm. right? To kind of be that sort of uh, put yourself in that position where you're now shopping and for whatever reason they haven't decided to call you. Uh, what advice do you give somebody? How, what, what would be a good set of questions to ask or um, what might be something you would check into just to make sure you're dealing with somebody that's much more concerned about you having the coverage you need than they are about putting a dollar in their pocket. There are policy writers and there are insurance agents. And I like to think of myself as an insurance agent. I want to make sure that what you have is what you need. So, and Jen's been through this process with me a time or two where we've sat down and I'll, specifically ask questions um, and, and just go down through and find out what's important 
to the client, find out what really they're needing, and then let them speak and listen to them and then continue to ask questions. Okay, so one of the really important things that I ask almost everyone at, at the very beginning um, as we're doing the house quote is, okay, what's your net worth? And that kind of takes people back because they're like, you don't need to know my net worth. I'm just buying a house. Well, that's a policy writer. I'm an insurance agent. And what I'm trying to do is make sure that I protect you and your needs down the road. Just in case. That, that net worth is the number that I need to get your liability limits to and, and then make sure that you're covered. As you, as you said that, I'm, I'm mentally trying to ask the question. I'm like, well, I think I've got a half box of Tic Tacs and uh, 25 bucks in my pocket. So, no. And we got some great foam on the walls here. That's right, some acoustical tile um, here in the studio. When it comes to, again, and I think people who've owned homes have a vague idea of how much their insurance costs, and, and it can widely vary. So... Um, let's take some, you know, just some basic parameters. Your standard, your average home, which is around two hundred fifty thousand ish. Um, of course, deductibles matter. Where somebody lives matters. So um, close to the fire station, we already talked about that. Yeah. So um, the the real question is, can we give people an idea of what homeowners insurance costs vaguely? Okay. So. You had given me the number of $250,000 for a house with right. a $1,000 deductible. Sure. Um, right here in Gladstone. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Okay. So the first one I did um, was just a blank one, not knowing a lot of information, not putting in um, a Social Security number. Um, and Social Security numbers are going to be important because we do run a loss score. Um, which is a number based off of your credit score. It is not a credit score. It, it helps determine the likelihood of a loss. Okay? okay. So that number there um, for 250000 here in Gladstone is $1,863. And that's a year? That's a year. Okay. Okay. Then I put in um, someone that I know. And just can you speak to their credit real quick? Good, bad, middle of the road? Um, it is good. Okay. 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 Thank you. Um, so a good score saves over $300. It's 1506 um, for the year. So $1,506 for the exact same coverage. So credit matters. And we talk a lot about credit on the podcast because uh, it matters on your mortgage rate. It also matters on your insurance rate, which strangely enough, I didn't know. So there you go. So that, that's a, but that's a $250,000 home, you know, here in, 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 in the Northland uh, with a thousand dollar deductible. Probably at, decent fire station in range. Yeah. So 15 to 1800. So is that an issue by the way? Um, I, I, the more you get away from uh, public services, and I, I'm assuming this is all done with actuarial tables and, and that kind of stuff. So it's not like you're out there going, "Yeah, I think it'd take the fire truck an extra six minutes to get miles." Yeah, but, but I mean, it, so it's all. But but is that an issue? Your it is an issue. Um, been Thro through. Throw me out there, friend. <laughs> 
I've been through several trainings, and one of the guys that works down at our home office in Jefferson City um, is actually a volunteer firefighter, and he actually goes out and um, trains others. Um, a fire can triple in five minutes. Every five minutes, it triples. So the Farm Bureau guideline is five miles. If you're within five miles of, of a fire department, um, you're going to be in pretty decent shape. If you're outside of five miles, gets a little tougher. So, I feel like that's pretty standard, too, because every time I've asked about insurance, and again, I'm in BFE, we did just get a new fire station. It's a KCMO fire station, but it's helpful. That's a it, secondary fire location for you, though. But it's better than zero. Correct. <laughs> And um, so that really plays a factor. And just to take that one step further, had a fire a few years ago, which, by the way, didn't. Robert got out of that. Anyways, <laughs> in 23 minutes, $90,000 worth of damage was done. 23 minutes. I, I, I believe it. I mean, um and that's not a total loss. That was smoke damage, smoke and water, uh, a couple yeah. rafters, um, just water. interior stuff. Yep, water because they chop through the um, floor to get down below and, and allow the smoke to get up so it's not contained. So all the things. So just kind of to tell you the seriousness of a fire because I didn't know, honestly. Mm -hmm. That's what my experience was. And it's not a fun process. I've got a oh, client that no. just went through a fire a little over a year ago and trying to get their contents covered. You have to itemize that list. And I'm sure every company's the same. You're going to have to itemize. You know, we had three pair of work boots. We had you know, two pair of tennis shoes, some pom-poms. You have to be able to list that out for your insurance company to make sure that you get paid appropriately by so, the way that included no contents the number i disclosed i remember you you know you bring that up and i remember uh it was back when i was renting and i was getting renter's insurance and and i wasn't doing it because i was told i was doing it i guess because i'm pretty risk averse and and i wanted to protect myself but um I remember back then we would uh, be somebody, I don't even know if somebody in the insurance, you know, it could have been my mother for all I know, but somebody told me uh, you should regularly video content, videotape the contents of your house just for that purpose. Now, is that still a good idea? It's a great idea. Grab your cell phone. Now it's easier than ever. Oh, yeah. Grab your cell phone, walk through, you know, open up your drawers and I've got six shirts or whatever and, and just go through there. You know, my house, oh, I'd be afraid to do it, to be honest with you. Well, now, you're in a pretty unique scenario, so let's – I, I got to ask, um, how many children? We have nine children, six still at home. Nine. Wow, that's incredible. And one step further, tell us more. Yeah, come on, spill the story. Mm -hmm. My wife and I have been together for almost 35 years. Which is awesome. Um, we'll be married 32 years this summer. Um, and we have been foster and adoptive parents since 1999. That's just phenomenal. That's incredible. And so nine children and then six still at home. So what you're saying is, is that you haven't slept, but for like the first two of those 32 years. Oh, uh, well, maybe somewhere in there. 
Uh, well, I, I have to tell you that is um, that is awesome and admirable, and uh, and you have my utmost respect for that. That's just incredible. So thank you. Um, we uh, we always end our podcast with this question, and so for you, I, I'm I'm thinking there's going to be a thousand stories, so you're going to have to just like pick one. Um, but what's the craziest thing that you've insured or had happen uh, around some homeowners insurance? Or pick one that's fun. Mm. You know, unfortunately, insurance isn't a fun thing a lot of times. <laughs> well, hindsight and when it wasn't me being covered. <laughs> you know, I think. Sometimes getting to ensure some of the fun things, um, like the Hot Wheels collection or the footballs, um, those are all fun. But what really matters is when you go out and take a check to someone, you know, for a loss. Um, that's what matters. You know, we had a house, um, the Carriage Hill Tornado several years ago, um, had a house that was complete loss. And, you know, helping that client through that process of getting everything restored and taken care of, um, I, I think that was really one of the most memorable things to me was being able to help get through that situation. All right, excellent. Well, you mentioned the footballs, and I know we talked about it a little bit before we uh, started. So, and I've got to ask some questions about it, so then the listeners might too. There was a collection of footballs. You didn't even tell me that. You gave me a figure, an amount that they were insured for. How much were they insured for? A hundred thousand. Okay, so now you have to tell me more. How much was it? Was this a hundred thousand footballs? What's the story? Okay, so NFL footballs. Uh-huh. Okay, just the regular football that they play with on the field. That's only about a hundred bucks. Okay. Okay, but the intrinsic value of the autograph on those, that's what makes it collectible. Sure. So this particular gentleman um, had a very large collection, estimated value of about 100000 And And unfortunately, it got destroyed or stolen or something? It, it, it was, was a, it was, a it was stolen. Oh, that's terrible. Mm. Terrible. But he, uh, he got at least some economic compensation. We were able, through the other company, to get through the other policy that we got for him on that specific collectible, um, he was able to be taken care of. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, we're running out of time, Robert. So uh, real quick, uh, why don't you share with uh, our listeners how they can get a hold of you at uh, Missouri, Har- uh, Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance? Awesome. My office is right here in Gladstone, 7 Northwest 72nd, 816-217-4074 is my cell phone. Um, Robert dot rainy r-a-n-e-y at m-o-f-b dot com excellent thank you so much for being here as glad to do it as oh we really enjoyed it and i appreciate it all and for our listeners we'll be back soon with another great episode of get real kc until next time you have been listening to get real kc with eric jurgensen and jen justice For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com, where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.